0: Hello, and welcome to the Signature Leadership Series podcast by Knowledge Hook, a podcast where we explore the topics most relevant to senior education leaders from around the world. I'm your host, Jennifer Adams. I'm a former superintendent of a large, highly diverse, publicly funded school district in Ottawa, Canada. I was fortunate throughout my career to have many great opportunities for professional learning and I'd like to extend that opportunity to you. Working together with Knowledge Hook, a Canadian digital math company, we are continuing to support thought leadership in education. Today's show is focused on building a culture of trust in education systems. We know that trust is a key element in relationships and we also know that strong relationships result in increased student and staff well-being. We're fortunate to have Pasi Solberg here today with us to talk about his new book, In Teachers We Trust, The Finnish Way to World-Class Schools, that he co-wrote with American educator Timothy Walker. Pasi is a renowned Finnish education expert who's worked at the World Bank, the European Commission, Harvard University, and is currently a professor of education policy at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. Passy, it is so exciting to have you here on a podcast. Uh, we know that after the roundtable, we had lots of people saying, wow, would we ever like to hear more from passy in general and more about the book that you have just uh, published. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. It's so good to be with you again, actually.
0: <laughs> That's great. passy you have a brand new book out. It is In Teachers We Trust, The Finnish Way to World-Class Schools. Tell us a little bit about the book. Why did you write a book with that topic at this time?
1: Yeah, well, you, you know, it was, um, it was already like 10 years into the, uh, the situation in Finland where the country had been <clears throat> ranked as one of the, one of the most high, highest performing education systems in the world. And people still didn't quite understand that, you know, what, what explains that. But often when I was working in Finland that time, about 10 years ago, and I met a lot of Canadians and um, North Americans and um, other people when they were going home, you know, after spending a few days in um, in Finnish schools and talking to teachers, almost everybody said that now I understand what the secret of Finnish school is—that it's a, it's a trust that the, the teachers are trusted and everybody kind of a, feels comfortable with the school system. But you know, every time when 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 I ask about you know what do you mean like what so what is it, it was much harder for people to explain that you know that what this trust is. It, it remained almost like a. Um, like, a, uh, you know, thing that you cannot touch, you cannot, you cannot break it down into concrete things. And Tim Walker, who is my co-author and uh, American primary school teacher who is, um, who is teaching in Finland, actually, uh, and, and was that time, you know, we met uh, uh, to talk about, you know, many things, but again, this Finnish education thing. And, and we both kind of agreed that, you, you know, this, this is the thing that we should explain to people, you know, what the trust looks like. What does it mean when people say that in finland teachers are trusted and education system is trusted and the the, the trust kind of uh, plays so important role there so we sat down and th- this was about five years ago and and we we got this idea that okay let's uh, let's do something that will you know take the readers inside the finnish classrooms That it's not just just at the level of the theory and that's exactly what tim tim was able to do because he was working in a finnish uh, primary school um, and then also take a kind of a macro level look and historical look as well that i was able to provide uh through my my time time in finland and uh, the fact that i had been looking at these things from from overseas like a like a big picture thing so it was quite natural uh, that we agree that, you know, this is, the, this is a great idea to do something that nobody's, nobody's ever uh, done, nobody's ever told this story in, um, uh, about Finnish education. That, that's how it started, and, and here we go now.
0: And that's one of the things, Pasi, the book is a really interesting read, and it's, it's an academic book that's based in education, but you can see the underpinnings. of the, it's, a, it's a description of culture, it's a description of society and how those things blend together. The thing that I think really adds to it is the fact that you've got a co-author who's American and has come from a very different system and has emerged into the Finnish system. And so you see his perspective and you also see your perspective because you've kind of gone the other direction. You've gone from being an academic in the Finnish education system and then moving on to the U.S. in Harvard and then moving on to Sydney, Australia, where you are now. So you've had an opportunity to start with the Finnish system and then see what the other systems in the in the US and your, your knowledge of the Canadian system and then moving over into Australia. That plays out really well in the book.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. And, and you know, what, what comes with my experience exactly as you described uh, my time in, in the United States and now here in Australia is also to, to understand what happens when, when, when the trust is missing. Um, and it's, it's almost like a, with, with your health, that you, you only kind of appreciate your health when, 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 it's, when something bad happens. And, and, th- and that's the same thing that I've been able to see, uh, you know, here and, and other places, what, you know, how, how difficult many things become when, when, when people, teachers and principals or schools are not trusted or when there's a less trust within the societies. And often, you know, often people who live in that type of environment, like here in Australia, where there's much less trust in, in educa- within education in general, or the United States, people don't quite understand what they're living with when there is this kind of a, the distrust is more uh, defining uh, factor in the, in the societies and lives than trust. Uh, you, you only learn to understand it when you, when you realize how different your life could be where well, if if only there were more trust in this case you know if the teachers and schools were trusted more than they are currently
0: I think it's really interesting passy that you know you talk about how when you had of course Finland for years you know scored at the top of those PISA assessments and because of that the world was watching and they they wanted to hear more you know what makes that education system so powerful and it's only when the education leaders from different countries had an opportunity to come to Finland, that they would say, oh, there's something dramatically different. And in this situation, it was that whole concept of trust. And I peeked onto that because, you know, the role that I was in before was the the head of the school district, the public school district in Ottawa. And of course, Canada scores quite well in the PISA assessments as well. And as a result, just like Finlanders, we had, people from around the world coming and taking a look at our school system. And I found the same thing that when we had officials that would come and, you know, I'd walk them through our schools and they would visit our elementary schools and they would visit our secondary schools. And at the end of a three or four day visit, they would say, I get it now. There's something fundamentally different about this system. And the thing that they said about our system, they said relationships. She exactly. said, they said exactly. the relationships are completely different here. The relationships student to student, the relationships student to teacher, the relationships teacher to principal, and the relationship principal to district level supports, different level district level superintendents and directors of education. So it's interesting. You mm-hmm. kind of had the same experience that at the end of the day, it's almost the external look that makes us realize. That's right. We do do relationships well, and you've noticed that with trust. You've realized that based on those kind of reflections from outsiders, it's yes, trust is kind of the common denominator here.
1: Yeah, yeah. But Jennifer, I think you know I know Canadian uh, systems quite well. I've been working there a lot in different parts. And when you talk about relationships, I I actually hear you you talking about trust because you, you cannot have such a healthy and strong relationships within schools and between schools that you have in Canada without certain de- de- degree of uh, trust. So, so so, maybe these relationships that you're absolutely right uh, when you talk about those things is just an, kind of a, another manifestation of uh, what we are writing about in this book, in, in, you know, trusting people. In Finland, it probably looks, just looks a little bit different than it does. Exactly. In Canada, but, but you're absolutely right that there are many similarities. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, when I was in Finland, I was hosting uh, a number of Canadian delegations and colleagues uh, to see Finnish schools, and they often say they, they often say that they see many more similar things in Finnish schools compared to Canadian uh, schools than different things. And, and you know, this trust and relationships, you know, this was one of those things that they was a, that they kind of a valued these visitors often valued this uh, very informal um, spirit and culture between students and teachers in Finnish schools that they often see in their own schools. That is completely different than, than here in Australia, for example, that this is still a very traditional in terms of, um, you know, these relationships within the schools. And then the other one I think that is extremely important for the, for the trust point of view is that the Canadian, you know, the Canadian <coughs> systems across the provinces and, and territories are primarily public systems that they are. The yes. Canadian governments understand that the, you know the public system is um, is the one that you know runs the the the, the education there, and that makes th- this uh, unhealthy competition often less visible in Canadian uh, systems compared to the United States or here. Um, and competition is often linked to, um, particularly if it's an unhealthy competition between schools or between. Uh, teachers or principals it it makes uh, ca- kind of a works against this you know try to build a trust based uh, culture so i think uh, that to, together get, together with the uh, being the the best ice hockey nations in the world we also <laughs> share similar things uh, in in education in this respect
0: <clears throat> so true and you know when you look back this idea of relationships and trust almost being in the same cluster And when you think of where globally education systems started to turn towards not just student learning, but student well-being, it's not surprising when you think of it because trust and relationships are at the foundational place for not only student well-being, but staff well-being. Absolutely. When we think of the research that we see now, where there's such a strong correlation between the development of academic skills, the development of social-emotional skills, the development of a focus on student learning and student well-being, you know, when we look at that, it's it's not surprising now that, you know, our two systems score very well internationally. Our, our kids are performing well, and maybe it is because of that underpinning of well-being, relationships, um, trust? Maybe there's a link there.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, people often ask this uh, question when we were writing this book with Tim, you know, I was often asked that, you know, why why trust is so important? You know, why should we, uh, you know, why should we read a book or, or write a book about that? And I often, you know, my answer is uh, is pretty much what you said, that that you know, when I look at the school or any school or school system, that, that you know, the, the trust is almost like um, trust in schools and and um, and teachers is 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 almost like a like a glue uh, that that we need to build this positive social in, interdependence between individuals within the schools and between schools and the kind of a cohesion. Uh, within the education system, and and that's what we see in Canada and Finland that, that we have the you know this positive social interdependence means that that you know people whether whether they are the teachers or principals or or schools that they have a kind of a sense that they, they cannot manage this this thing alone or they they cannot succeed without uh, you know one another's support and help and you know if you have a system like this um, or if you want to have a system like this then uh, you, you need a, a kind of a stronger trust between individuals within the schools and <clears throat> between the schools and also trust stronger uh, trust in institutions. And this is exactly you, you know why, I, uh, why my answer to the question that why is trust, trust important uh, is that you know, we, <clears throat> we want to build social capital and social interdependence within the system so that people would have a feeling that we are all in this together. That it's not just that you you know that if I'm a principal that I can lead the school and you know succeed regardless of what the others are doing. That's often working against trust, but but the Canadian and Finnish systems are, are very much different in that respect. That we we understand that you know trust will build this healthy collaboration and, and professionalism in the system. And this is exactly why we need to Uh, not only write about it, but also, you know, read and and study, explore this trust in in a kind of deeper ways.
0: Let's dive into the book a little bit, um, Passia. I I like how you set it up. The first uh, part really gets into this idea of, you know, who is Finland and and where does this come from? And it was a great read. Like you, you, uh, the reader learns some details about Finland that all of a sudden it kind of starts to make sense. And one of the things that you talk about is that trust is across the different sectors. It's not just about trust in the education system. It's trust in the societal programs. It's trust in the way that the economy is set up. It's trust in the social systems, in the health systems, and that those pieces working together allow for there to be trust in the education system. Talk to me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really great notion. And I, I'm, I'm happy that you enjoyed it. And you found the book uh, designed that way. This is exactly what we wanted to do that, you, you know, people need to understand a little bit about the the culture and the context in which we are discussing um, the, the trust in teachers in, in, in this way. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense. And and as you know, Jennifer, the, you know the countries are very different in in the ways that you describe. You know, there are those <coughs> educations, those societies or countries where there's much more trust, um, more trust in in institutions, public institutions and services, and more trust between the the. Um, The citizens, uh, and then there's a countries where there's much less kind of a confidence in these things, and you know Finland happens to be one of those countries uh, among the other Nordic countries where there's there there is, um, according to the some of the data that we we, we provide in the book, that there seems to be more more trust within the, the the societies to their fellow fellow citizens, and and that's of course that's that's a luxury that you can use. Uh, as uh, for for the benefit of you know having more trust-based education uh, system and finally uh, that you you have a situation that we have in finland that teachers seem to be trusted more than in most other countries uh, but that doesn't come alone that it has to be it has to be seen in the context of the culture now a uh, few days ago people probably realized that there, there was again <clears throat> the this annual um, index published about the happiest uh, happiest nations happiest countries in the world and Finland was I think the fourth time in in a row the ranked as the happiest country in the world and you know that alone is kind of an interesting finding but then when you ask that what makes this happen you know what why why people or why countries are kind of compared differently in this way and you know trust is a very important part of this for example this latest uh, Um, ranking of uh, the happiest uh, or unhappiest countries in the world trust is an extremely important part of uh, people's lives and that's that's exactly what makes finland and other nordic countries often the you know the happiest among the happiest countries in the world because people feel that you know they, they they can they can trust in public institutions and they can trust one another and and this latest happiness thing that is not it's not the ranking of, of uh, trust directly, but it includes this idea that how in different countries around the world people have felt towards um, public uh, institutions and experts during the COVID pandemic, and that that's a that's a kind of an interesting dimension there. That you know the the, the the societies and countries where people have uh, had more trust in this basic. Um, institutions and not just the education institutions but you know health and politics and government and parliament that they they seem to be have people who are kind of a happier and, and more confident in what they do but you know often Finland is uh, and, and before these rankings already Finland had been uh, considered as a place where you can pretty much rely on um, on people's honesty not always but in, in 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 many many cases and we have been Seeing this in this sort of famous international experiment that is called wallet experiment, it's a very simple simple test that you you take twenty wallets with a credit card and some money and obviously belonging to somebody, and you drop them randomly in the 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 main cities in in uh, in the different countries. And Finland has always topped the world in in this experiment in terms of how many wallets are actually returned. To the authorities or police uh, or, or, or lost and found office, um, which again tells a little bit about the story that there's a kind of a sense of sense of um, honesty and um, uh, trustworthiness in the country. So, I think everybody who's reading this book needs to to clearly understand that when Tim and I when we tell this story about you know, trust in teachers in Finland, that it is it is really happening, taking place in a country that already has a certain amount of trust uh, within the system. And it's probably easier to, you know, build the the, the culture of trust within schools and, and in schools as well, in that type of in environment compared to a place where there's much less trust in general. Um, and, and because then, then you can kind of have to justify that, why should, we, why should we trust schools or teachers or principals more when people don't trust one another anyway in this place?
0: It gives a really good example of how trust is almost the outcome and the inputs to that outcome are things like social policies, health policies, uh, a focus on the individual, but on the collective. People that are returning wallets have a sense of community they don't just think of themselves as individual, they think of themselves as having a responsibility to the collective. And so if a wallet is dropped on the ground, they don't think of what's in it for them potentially. They're thinking of it, this belongs to someone else. I have a sense and a commitment to my community and I'm going to make sure that that wallet gets back to the right person. There's a a psyche there that is fundamental to building trust.
1: Yeah, exactly, Jennifer. And, you know, if you, if you take the same wallet example, just think about the school for a moment in Finland. And this wallet could be, it could be a colleague, um, another teacher, it could be a child who is dropped somewhere. And, and you know, that that's the same thing that in, in many other systems that if you see a colleague of yours suffering, if, it, if she or he has nothing to do with your work, if you feel that you know, she's not, or he is not benefiting my, what I do in the school, you know, teaching my kids at all. So it's more likely to to happen that, you know, you you kind of ignore that. Or, or, or if, you, if you see a child in the school, kind of a, this lost wallet, um, if it's not your student, you may just go and say that, you know, hey, what's going on? And then you move on. But, you know, in the Finnish system, it's a very common that teachers and principals don't think like this. They, they don't think that they are my children or my students and then other people's students. But Finnish, in, in Finnish schools, it's a, it's a very common way to talk about when you talk about children or students, they, they are all our students. They belong to this community. And not with not only within one school. But it doesn't matter which school the, the, the child is going or teacher is teaching. We are all in the same community. And and that, you know, if you have if you have this tr- kind of a system of trust, it's likely and this is my experience that I've seen in, in Finland compared to many other places, is that we 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 kind of uh, tend to care uh, one another much more than we wouldn't in in a system where, for example, if the competition was defining factor in relationships between schools or teachers, it's a, it's a much un, uh, unlikely that you know somebody would go and help another teacher in another school um, if you felt that you know I'm directly competing against this other school. Exactly. So, so that's why I, I think the um, uh, you, you know this whole. Um, culture in a society um, that is defined by trust is so important and defining the the work of the schools
0: as well. You give some really concrete examples of some social policies, some health policies that provide that foundational piece that you know, it's not a causal relationship, but you can imagine if those things are in place, the chances in the education system of having more trust in that education system are there. And I'll give you the example. The one that you talked about was um, a three-year maternity leave. Uh, Let me tell you, as a woman and a mom, I couldn't imagine being in a system where I was thrust back into having to work after a a, a six-week or a a two-month maternity leave. I mean, your body isn't isn't recovered. Your little one isn't ready to be apart from his or her mom that quickly. I felt very fortunate to be in a country where there was a longer period of time. It wasn't three years, but it was certainly much longer than a a six weeks or two months. So those are the kinds of things that when those social policies and health policies are in place, that actually give people an opportunity to be themselves and be trusted and trusting the chances are that that will spill out into an education system.
1: Yes, you you said it very very nicely, Jennifer. This is this is exactly how, how this is what we call the trust land uh, works in um, in in terms of you know trying to build a coherence and also trust between the sectors and, and authorities and players in the different sectors. I, th- I think it's very important that, that also, for example, health experts that they trust in teachers um, in you know deciding and judging what is what is the best thing for for the children and vice versa um, and this is not always how it works I, I i've been in the places where there's a lot of distrust between uh, you know experts in other sectors for example social workers or, or health people um, towards what what the schools and teachers are, are doing not not always because teachers would like to do it but but what the system is making these teachers to to do on kids
0: Right. One of um, you talk about the idea of that competition uh, versus collaboration. And, you know, I thought back when when I'm publicly speaking uh, in global situations and I'm talking about the the Canadian education system, one of the things that I'm the most proud of is that about 95% of our students attend a publicly funded education system. Yes. And we don't take that for granted. Um, there has to be confidence in that publicly funded education system, so we better deliver high quality. But because of the structure and because of the fact that you know the vast majority of parents are attending that publicly funded situation, we can make sure that we're collaborating together. And it's like you said, the one school working down the street from the next school we always tried to work with our principals that you're not just responsible for the children and the and the families and the, the staff in your own school you're also a part of our bigger system and really supporting each other when we know that there's a school down the street that needs support all of us as school leaders are you know wrap that school in mm-hmm. a in a you know an embrace where we try to provide them with the support whether it's additional resources um, you know, additional time, additional budget, but we do that because it's the right thing to do for that collective. And you really got a sense when you were talking in this part that that's very much part of the Finnish system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's you know, it's all about trust. You will, probably wouldn't do that in Canada if you wouldn't has have this kind of a sense of, you know, trusting your colleagues in other schools and, and teachers there. Uh, so it's a critically important. You know, again, um, I, I think the systems like what we have here in Australia, there is a very different to Canadian um, way of running the schools. We have um, almost 40% of the kids are now in non-governmental schools. And, you know, the governments have been pushing these policies to, um, you know, op- go, go for privates and, uh, um, you know, open new schools. The governments are heavily supporting the the non-governmental, uh, often private, private schools. And that's creating this very complicated situation in terms of trust between the schools like what you were describing in Canada probably also happens here in Australia but it often ends it becomes very difficult if you have for example that you have a public school who would somehow benefit from the help and support and expertise of the non-governmental school Um, uh, because you know they, they are competing over the same kids so so, and you know, what, what I see here and in many other places with a similar kind of structure is that there's a much more distrust in, uh, you know, within the education sector be, because of this uh, government uh, created structure of uh, education than in Canada, for example, as you said, you know, vast majority of uh, students go to uh, public schools, just like in Finland, they do um, where, where the, the the situation that you describe uh, earlier is is much likely to happen than in the systems like this. So I, I think what the Australians are actually missing a little bit when I say Australians, I mean the politicians and authorities is the 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 um, you know this logic. How do we build a trust based system um, where the teachers feel that you know they are trusted as as professionals to do the right thing um, at the same time when they are kind of a, uh, endorsing the policies that are trying to see education more as a marketplace where, where the people are made to compete against one another.
0: When you transition from kind of part one of the book, where you're really talking about the Finnish system and the Finnish culture, etc., you transitioned into a second part, which I think is brilliant because the, the danger almost at the end of the first, at the first uh, part of the book was that the reader could think, my goodness, you know, we're doomed. We don't have that structure. We don't have that culture. We don't have those social and health policies in our system. We're doomed. Yeah. We'll, never, we'll never be able to build that trust. But you make a really nice transition, you and uh, and Tim together, where you transition into, in spite of potentially being in a jurisdiction that doesn't have some of those cultural or, or, or societal advantages to, to building trust, there are a few strategies that anyone can do. And and you you paint a nice picture that, yes, there's some systemic things that we hope that our policymakers and our politicians are working at, but even if they don't get that part right, there's all sorts of things that we can be doing at a school level Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things that teachers and education support workers can be doing at the classroom level to build trust. I thought that that was really hopeful and the other thing I liked about it, PASI that is that Tim, as he described some of those different strategies, it was almost like we were getting a day in the life of a school in Finland because he was giving really concrete examples of what some of those strategies look like in the Finnish school system. So tell us about a couple of them.
1: Just a very briefly, you know, one of those principles that we talk about is the, we call it the free within a framework. Uh, which basically is an idea that <clears throat> the Canadian, my Canadian colleagues, um, uh, Michael Fullen and, and Andy Harkris, have been calling a collective autonomy within the school, and 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 that is part of this uh, trust building thing. Collective autonomy basically means that that the teachers in the school they have more freedom and autonomy from the uh, authorities, like a hierarchy, but less um, less autonomy or freedom from one another, which means that, that, you know, that's why we call it a collective uh, uh, autonomy. And this is exactly the kind of a critically important part of the, this Finnish story is that, that we have this framework and every, every teacher knows that there is this national framework uh, that is uh, built on values and ideas and <clears throat> educational principles and also a little bit of the kind of a content that what, what this, the work in a school and teaching and learning looks like. But there's a lot of freedom to do that. And, you know, this is what we, we started to do in Finland already in, um, in the mid-1990s when we basically left behind the, the old, cent- very centralized education system and governance that was, you know, based on uh, very carefully predetermined syllabi and curriculum and textbooks and, you know, everything was like um, um, decided by other people but the teachers, and now we have this system where there's much more freedom within this framework, and and we we are kind of trying to endorse this collective autonomy uh, because we think and we know in Finland that it's an essentially important part of the the building trust. Then the other one, the other example is the um, um, this collaborative nature of Finnish schools, and and this is again something that Canadians have done very well. You know, building the um, uh, collaborative. Uh, professionalism in the schools that where everybody would be and should be working, working as part of the team. But, but the, again, the Finnish system that is trying to do that very, very important part of the trust building, because we argue in a book that, you know, if you don't have a teamwork, if you don't have this collaborative culture in your school or within education system, you know, building trust becomes very hard thing because collaboration, as I said earlier, it is a, a kind of a clue that, you know keep schools and, and teachers together but there are there are two or three things in in the Finnish system that that really help teachers to uh, play as a team and 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 exercise this collaboration one one of them is the the fairly flexible schedule that they have you know if you look at the, the, the work of the Finnish schools there's you can realize that there's there's less, you know, time that is assigned to teach something, which of course is the, the main job of the teacher. But there's also time assigned to collaborate, and this is a particularly big uh, difference between Australia and, and Finland. So the this flexible scheduling means that you know teachers have a natural time and opportunities to collaborate and and work, you know, play as a team. Then the other one is the the teachers lounges that is often in, in <laughs> finnish schools considered as a kind of a surprising things uh, thing not not so much by the canadians uh, but n- uh, definitely the the, the us uh, the american visitors and you know visitors from here um, australia when they come and see the finnish school that the, the the kind of a um very carefully designed place is a teacher's lounge and, and they always design in a way that, you know, all the teachers, regardless of how many, how big your school is, can can be fit in comfortably in, in this one um, one place. And that's a it's a very, very important thing. Also, because of this flexible scheduling is causing a lot of kind of a loose time that teachers have in Finnish schools so that they can they can sit down in a teacher's lounge and they can have a cup of coffee and comfortable chairs and and desks and meeting rooms to, you know, do this thing that they do so very very important part of this playing um, uh, playing as a team and then finally and, and shortly here the um, uh, you know the when the Finnish teachers are not initially trained or when and we have been doing that already for the last 30 years uh, we have been trying to to educate teachers so that they would that they, they kind of a sense of uh, being a teacher is the um, is a team oriented thing so -hmm. that the every single new teacher understands that uh, when they are entering the school when they're becoming a part of the teaching profession this community in Finland that they are entering again a kind of a collaborative and collective uh, community of high professionals and you know when I went to teacher training a long time ago this was not the case you you know the mindset that was then uh, that I learned in a teacher education that was a good it's a good in many ways but you know I left teacher education and became a teacher with this mindset that you know this is my job. That I'm, a, I'm a kind of a lone, uh, lonely runner in a school, um, with you know a number of other other people who are doing the same. But my mindset as a young teacher was not at all a kind of a uh, team-oriented thing as it is now, and and that's I think very important part. Again, it supports this further building of trust within the schools when you have basically all the all the teachers in a school prepared and educated that way that they see their profession uh, as a collective and collaborative uh, thing
0: it's interesting the first strategy that you identified was actually one that i was going to comment on because that's one of the ones that just jumped out at me it's this whole idea of a national framework you know people ask questions is you know do you need to have program standards Do you need to have a curriculum well of course, at some level, there needs to be a scope and sequencing so that we know that students, as they're progressing through their grade levels, that, you know, eventually those skills are adding in complexity and that it, it adds up to something. But what is so obvious is that in Finland, that national framework gives the general, the general outline of the what, so what is being taught, but the yeah. professionals are left to Pedagogy, how is it being taught? It's left to, they're left with the responsibility of timing. When should certain things be, be taught? Um, how to group students together? And all of those are professional uh, judgments by the teacher that only make sense because how could anyone know about timing and pedagogical or instructional practices if they don't know the students that are in front of them?
1: Yeah. And so it, yeah,
0: it, it yeah. makes you know inherently it makes so much sense that you have a curriculum or a national framework that gives the general outline of the what, and then we let our teachers who are the have the kids right in front of them and they make those other important decisions.
1: Exactly. And and Jennifer, you, you know this is exactly how Finnish teachers uh, learn to. Uh, you know, understand this framework that it's it, this framework is loose and it, it provides a kind of a, um, overall idea of what the schools are supposed to do. But these details, as you explained, uh, also including the contents, uh, are left to teachers and schools to decide. So uh, how the, how the Finnish teachers have kind of interpreted that is that, you know, there has to be a, a big amount of trust by the authorities and politicians and everybody else to allow teachers and schools to do that. And, you know, I was there uh, 25 years ago when we started to, uh, you know, turn around this culture within Finnish education system. And these were exactly, I was working at the the Ministry of Education at that time, and this was exactly the feedback from the schools. You know, they were sending us, I remember these early emails and letters from principals and teachers that, are you sure that you trust our ability to, you know, Decide what is, you know, what is good for our kids to teach or how to teach it, and and the response was basically one word: yes, we do. Just go go ahead because you know much better than we do. And that, but that's an important sign here is that you know you cannot nobody can tr- build trust in the school and in teachers without a kind of a concrete things that you need to do. That you. Exactly. Can, that's why we say that trust is not a a project. Trust can never be built by a minister minister or an authority stepping in uh, and announcing that from 1st of uh, April, we're going to trust our teachers. It doesn't happen like this, uh, that there has there have to be a kind of a set of concrete things. And in Finland, it was this kind of a framework idea. That exactly. The, that the, the teachers really felt that they are trust uh, worth of trust uh, w- w- when it goes like this now you know Jennifer look at the what's what's happening in Alberta now uh, just uh, yesterday two days ago the the government uh, released the first uh, kind of a draft uh, K26 new curriculum and the teachers are going balloons there because they feel that they were not <laughs> they were not kind of uh, included in this, consultation or preparation as Alberta has done before and, and you know that's why we say uh, we write in a book that trust arrives uh, on foot but it departs on horseback and, and it's exactly you know this is a good example it takes a long time and it took a long time in Alberta to build this kind of a trust-based relationship between the authorities and society and the schools and teachers but it can be killed and destroyed very quickly.
0: <laughs> and it, again,
1: it takes the unfortunate thing, of course, is that it will take a longer time to rebuild th- this trust um, and create this very positive and kind of a world leading um, uh, situation that Alberta has had, just like um, uh, Ontario and BC and many other places in Canada uh, in place. And that's why it's a kind of a, it hurts me to see these things that are are done with basically one signature by the governments to do away much of this trust building work that has been done there before. And I understand that Ontario is in a a kind of a complicated situation in in this respect as as well.
0: That same logic happens between the teacher and the students. And so the students as well are, we make the assumptions or your Finnish teachers make the assumptions that they have the ability to make good decisions. And that they're supported and they're, you know, you go from co-regulation to self-regulation with, with children during their developmental stages. But there's this essence of trust that comes from a combination of responsibility. And, you know, if they show responsibility, then trust is uh, earned. And I think that's interesting to see the parallel between the system and the teachers, and then in the classroom between the teachers and the students.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now you, Jennifer, you you point back to the, what we were, what we are writing in the first part of the book. Remember that there's this five, kind of a five elements, how we, how we define the, the trust. And two of those, um, you know, there are things like honesty and openness, but two of those things that you, you refer to with, with your uh, correct and, and good point on importance of engaging young people is the, um, the, what we call reliability or the consistency of uh, behavior and knowing what to expect from from others and this is a very important thing I think Canadians have been really world leading in in this movement to move more towards engaging young people as a real partners in, um, in not just in teaching and learning but in changing the transforming the education system and this reliability is, is an important thing and then the fifth one what we call we call it in a, in, a, in in this five elements a we call it com- competency but it could be a professionalism or you know the ability of people to uh, you know do things and perform as as they have been expected to do according to the the you know the highest professional or ethical uh, standards and these are exactly those two things that you know if we can work more on those things with our young people um, that we can we can we can be sure that they, they will be able to do the right thing, um, and that they uh, they have this even if they are young people that they have this kind of a competency competencies to do that, and and certainly they have willingness to do that. That's it. just like you said it's an extremely important part of this uh, this trust you know, build, building the, the culture of trust. And that's what we want with them. We want to underlie that you know the, the in the end of the day, the trust is a kind of a cultural thing. It's it's something that comes with the with the new or different type of culture in the school. And and children, young people have an extremely important part in you know building this different culture. Uh, in the school you you started this conversation about these relationships things it's, it's extremely important you know that's why that's why I have a lot of confidence in Canadian school systems even in a in difficult different times like this because I know how strong the, these things that you were talking about earlier about the relationships and uh, you know t- teachers and students working not against one another but together for the same uh, same better world and and that's that's probably what will keep Canadian systems and societies and the Finnish ones as well go through this very, very difficult and complicated political and, um, and you know, the health um, uh, situation in the world that we are living in now.
0: And it makes so much sense because our children of today are adults of tomorrow. And so right. from a societal standpoint, if... The education system is focused on helping children develop a sense of responsibility and building a sense of trust, then those children are building that that infrastructure to be, be able to become very positive adults in your society, in your economy, in 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 the way that your community functions.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. And and there's a there's a much more potential in these young people. Then we can, we actually give them credit, uh, credit to, um, and, and that's why, again, you know, if you have a trust, if you have a school where there's more, more trust between individuals, you know, anybody who is in the school, um, that school is likely to do better things with, with young people in, you know, help, helping them to feel the way that they belong to this kind of the same group of people that is trying to make the world a better place than, you know, without trust.
0: Absolutely. You make a comment in the book at one point that education is a fundamental human right. And, you know, it swings right back to that, right? Every child deserves to be in a system that that he or she has the ability to be um, developing those skills, to become that kind of adult and contributing uh, person in their society that they're living in.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing that we would like this book to do, um, among the readers and communities is to, um, you know, take this idea of education as a basic human rights further. And, and the, you know, education is not seen as as a human right or or, or civil rights of, of people uh, everywhere. It's uh, you know, education I, is still considered as a kind of a service that we have to do. You know, it's right. something, that, but it's not not like like a right of the, um, the every child to have a good. And, and high quality education. So that's that's what we would like this book also to contribute um through this kind of a lens of how important it is to trust um you know trust young people and teachers as well to to do the right thing.
0: Passy, I have no doubt that this book will spark some really good conversations. What's your next topic? What are you seeing globally in your work in Australia, uh, the work that you came that you were doing in Finland? What's what's your next piece? What are you what are you thinking about now? Uh, well,
1: yeah, I just uh, just finished the um, the Finnish lessons 3.0 a uh, few few months ago, so I have completed this um, this writing thing Now for a while, one one of the things uh, I'm actually spending more time um, or most of my time now is uh, something that is linked to Canada. Um, I'm leading here in Australia uh, a research project called Growing Up Digital Australia, that is a kind of a study to what they do in Alberta, where we try to try to understand better how the digital media and technologies are possibly uh, having an impact on children's. Well-being and health and identity and and eventually learning. Um, so it's it's a very it's a huge amount of work and very interesting uh, important thing. And I'm very happy to collaborate with Canadians uh, in this because we can compare now we can compare the data that we have from here and uh, in in Alberta. So that's probably going to take uh, quite a bit of my time within the next uh, next couple of years. And and maybe there will be a, a book or something uh, something coming out of that. But um you know, the other thing is this this whole issue of pandemic that we are currently going through. That it it may be it may be that the writing that people do, and including myself, will change to be something a little bit different. You know, the the interesting thing, if you look at the pandemic during the last 12 months, uh, how people have been engaging, for example, in writing journal articles that there's a lot of lot of stuff coming out now that is published basically immediately that you don't need to wait for. Normally, you know, if you publish something in the journal, you need to wait 12 to 18 months, sometimes two years before the stuff is out. But now because we, you know, if you write about the pandemic and how the pandemic is, you know, changing the education and affecting kids and teachers and many things, you need to get those things out very quickly and so it may be that my work also within the next, you know, as long as this pandemic is here, that that I will also spend a little bit more time in in trying to write something that will be published like basically immediately, which is a beautiful thing that you can read, you know, you can read what these scholars and experts and professionals have been basically writing about a month ago. So you don't need to wait for two years. So so that's um, that's probably on my my schedule for the next. Um, uh, next couple of years. But I need, I need to take a break like everybody else. I think that this pandemic is also uh, taking its toll on already busy people like myself and you and others that we kind of uh, try to survive and you know, keep things going. And uh, I, I, I think it's very important for everyone to understand that, um, that there may be maybe some things playing underneath as well that works against your well-being and health and other things. So take it easy and observe. A little bit, what's going on, and then decide what to do next.
0: I like the idea of Passy that um, the that that concept where people are are writing and sharing their work very quickly. I think that um, it allows for almost more freedom of expression that people feel comfortable writing articles about what they're seeing and kind of documenting and and putting ideas out there because I think the one thing that we've learned going through this pandemic is there are some interesting ways of doing things differently. And part of that is saying, what are we not going to do anymore? And then, you know, what will we learn from this? And going back to what you were talking about, digital, um, you know, digital learning. If that was a very important topic before the pandemic and after watching what has happened as far as teachers shifting to be able to have the skills to deliver um, digitally and students being engaged in that, we need that information quickly. It, it can't be waiting for long periods of time because that yeah, yeah. will influence to make sure that when we're moving forward, we're moving forward with the best of and, and making those decisions in a timely way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you, Jennifer, you, you're also a prominent educator and leader and, and, and change maker there. What, what's, uh, what is in your plans? How do you see the next uh, 12 to uh, 24 months from your own, own work point of view?
0: A couple of things, Um, being able to facilitate conversations where thought leaders, whether they're at the classroom level or the school level or the district level or the state or national level, have an opportunity to be hearing each other and contributing in ways that are more informal than perhaps we've done in the past. Uh, that's i think uh, a particular trend that i would like to contribute to mm-hmm. the second piece that i think is really exciting is that if nothing else we knew that student learning and student well-being needed to be connected but the pandemic has really enforced that reinforced that and parents after you know playing the incredible role that they've been playing over the last 12 to 14 months they're much more aware and contributing to that combination of what does student learning look like and what does student well-being. So that's another um, area that I think there's huge hope in and lots of work to be done, and I hope to be connected to that work.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to hear that because I think uh, we, we need more people. We definitely need more people like you. You're doing exactly these things. Um, but I think we also need more... More kind of a traditional scholars who have been mostly spending time in, in research, who would, you know, help to translate all this knowledge and things into practices. And this is exactly what we try to do in this uh, in this book: is to um, to uh, you know invite those people also who would say that you know we there's nothing I can do in my school or school system with this trust issue because you know because this and that. Um, but I, I think we need more people who would kind of go beyond that, and then would help these people to see that you know let's take another look, and you know there's there's always something we can do. And I, I hope that this book will help help people to think like this that we should never say that it's impossible or we cannot do anything. There's always always things um, things get, that, that that you can do in any context. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated and difficult, and sometimes it's not. But but that's um, it's good. I'm good to hear that you you have a You have a dream to um, change the world as well as I
0: do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, just thank you so much. It's a great book. And I know the listeners will be thrilled to kind of jump in, learn a little bit more about Finland and take that reflective look at each of our systems in comparison and think about some of those strategies that you've outlined to be able to have an impact right at whatever position that we're working at within the system we can all play a part in helping build that trust so thank you for that yeah question.
1: thanks Jennifer and those who read the book if you read it to the very very end uh, you will see that we we have an invitation for you there so we, we invite people to share their own trust stories either good ones and of course we are more interested in you know what you have done and and how you did it how, do you, how you ended up having a more trust uh, in your school or your work. Or, or the stories that what happens when uh, trust goes away and what what we should do. But please share your trust stories in social media or you can send it to Tim or myself. And we are very happy to look at those things. Maybe we will even publish and write something about what, you know, what people have done or how they experienced this thing uh, based on these stories later on. But thanks for reading. And, and Jennifer, thanks for having me in this wonderful pod- podcast and, um, And have a wonderful
0: time ahead. Stay safe and uh, look after yourself. You bet. Same, PASI. Take care. Thanks to PASI for joining our podcast today, for sharing the Finnish education system with us, and for helping us think about strategies to build trust in our education systems. If you enjoyed this podcast, PASI also joined us for a roundtable called Improving Schools from Finland to Down Under. You can find it on the Knowledge Hook Signature Leadership Series portal. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.